Dr. Kristen Oja here, entrepreneur and functional medicine expert. Welcome to Little By Podcast, where our goal is to empower you to achieve optimal health, one step and one episode at a time. Taking a functional medicine approach will cover a variety of health and wellness topics, from how to optimize performance to how to balance your hormones and everything in between. This podcast is for educational purposes only, so please be sure to consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any changes into your daily routine. Now grab your headphones and let's go for a walk as we take steps towards becoming your best self. Today's podcast is something I am so excited and so passionate about. We are going to be talking all about clean beauty and green living. So I want to introduce you to today's guest, Lisa. She is the founder of This Organic Girl. It's a leading uh, contributor in the conversation around better beauty and green living. She has her bachelor's in journalism and a penchant for all things organic. She walks you through how to start making educated decisions around what we put in and on our bodies, which is so important. And the best part is you're not going to find anything related to boring treadmills, 5 a.m. wake-up calls, bland iceberg salads. Lisa is all about conscious consumerism, impact, and better living via education, science, better options, and most importantly, fun. This organic girl has been featured in Better Homes and Gardens, Well and Good, Beauty Independent, Parade Magazine, and has been named an an organic beauty blog to follow by the good trade. And on a personal note, and speaking of fun, Lisa will never turn down a girl's night or a glass of organic red wine, which we're going to talk more about that later. And she's not only my go-to resource for all things better beauty and also a good friend, but I'm so excited to have her on with us today. So welcome Lisa to the Little Buy podcast. Hi, Kristen. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I was thinking back to how Lisa and I first met. We, I was actually walking in my neighborhood, my old neighborhood, and one of my neighbors was like, you have got to meet Lisa. And I just reached out to you. And do you remember we just met and hit it off just through a mutual uh, connection? Yeah, that was Leslie. She was one of my followers. And when I moved, I had just moved to Atlanta. And so I was kind of feeling like a fish out of water. And she was like, you have to meet my friend Kristen. And I was like, okay, because I didn't know who you were. I had no idea about anything you did or anything, but I was like, I just need a friend. So I was like, I'm in. (laughs) And that is what is so cool about Instagram because the mutual connection, she just found you on Instagram, right? Yes. Through this organic girl. It's just, I feel like sometimes social media, there are so many negative things, but there's so many positive things and I'm thankful for it because it brought me to you. Um, and Lisa, if you guys don't follow her on Instagram, you have to follow her. She is the most authentic, natural Instagram influencer that I've ever followed. And she cracks me up. And I I always talk to Lisa. I'm like, how do you do it? You're so consistent. You're so natural and authentic and fun. Like as we talked about in the introduction, introduction, she really is a fun person to follow. So make sure to follow this organic girl on Instagram if you haven't. Oh, thank you so much. I know when, like, remember when we were talking about when stories first came out, it was just like, how do we do this? But um, it's just fun. Hang- I, it's fun hanging out with people online. And um, it's been an outlet for me, especially during the pandemic, because just, we just haven't been able to see that many people. So it's been nice to just kind of, I don't know, escape to Instagram sometimes and hang out with people there. And you're so good at responding back to people and interacting with your followers. Um, I think that's just what's helped you grow so much is you're just authentic and a good person on Instagram and off Instagram. So tell us, Lisa, what made you become this organic girl? Kind of tell us a little bit about your story, because I know this was not something you were always passionate about. Yeah, it's so it got inspired by my second baby. He had eczema at four weeks, like a very mild case. But as a mom, it seemed like my world was imploding. Like, why does my baby have eczema? And, um, you know, I took him to the dermatologist. They prescribed a steroid cream. I applied it to his little tiny hands and his tiny elbows. And it started bleaching his skin white. And my mom got was like, "Uh, there's got to be a better way. So Fast forward 18 months later, I figured out on my own that he had a dairy intolerance. And I just got so mad at the world that I had to be the one to figure out, like to diagnose my child. I was like, I cannot be to this family and to this world, a mom 
you know, a partner, uh, a, um, a role model, to, you know, I, I can't also be the cook and the doctor too, you know, and I just was like, the more I dove into everything, the more problems that I found with, you know, the mattress, because I was like, maybe it's his mattress that's contributing to his eczema. And then I found out, you know, there's fire retardants there that can potentially inflame their skin. And then maybe it's his lotion, maybe it's his diapers. And I just kind of went down this rabbit hole of, you know, awareness. I was kind of just living in rote routine before that. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, there's choices to be made in this world. And that's when I thought to myself, you know what? I Let me go to Instagram. I had never been on Instagram before. And let me just talk to, because I, at the time I was working as a sign language interpreter. And so we always work in pairs. And so when I would meet up with a peer, I'd be like, oh my God, by the way, you know, how have you been lately? And then I'd start talking about organic chicken or something like that. And they'd be like, oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? And so I was like, let me take it into Instagram. I can just share my information there. I can post pictures on what I'm cooking, decisions that I'm making, just trying to like, create a central place to um, talk about these things. And when I got in, I thought I was, you know, I thought I had a novel idea. And then when I got on Instagram in 2015, I was like, oh, so people are already doing this. <laughs> and it's called like having your own website or having your own platform. And so then that kind of just opened up my world to start meeting other bloggers. And then I started thinking about maybe creating a blog. And then one day in the shower, I was like, what should I call it? And then I just kept going through all these names. And all of a sudden, I was like, this organic girl. Yes. And I came out of the shower, ran into the living room, told my husband, I was like, it's going to be this organic girl. He's like, sounds good. And then that was the beginning of the end. And you had no idea it was going to become as big as it is today. No, I honestly, when I started, I just wanted a place. I honestly thought it was the dumbest idea to start a blog because I was like, who's going to waste all their time writing all these articles? But what, like, no, just for fun, so people can, like, read it. Um, I thought it was a complete waste of time. But I, but then I just felt this, like, fire and passion in my belly that I, like, needed to get this out of myself. <laughs> I needed to just get it out there into the universe. I was sick of feeling so lied to. I mean, at the time, my mom had, was going through her third brain surgery because she has this reoccurring brain tumor. And um, she will have it for the rest of her life. She has to get brain surgery, like, every 10 years. And just wondering where that came from. And then, you know, my son's eczema. And then, you know, you hear of a friend with this, you have a friend with that. And I'm like, I just wanted to be a contributor in this space to truth seeking, to finding answers, to finding alternative ways of living outside of big box, outside of big farm. And um, <laughs> come to find out, I start blogging. And then my peers and my friends that I had met online are just like, Lisa, what are you doing? You need to get some affiliate links on your site. You need to, they start teaching me how to monetize. And I was like, oh, oh, so this can actually be like a thing, like my business. So I really, it was kind of just a big trial by fire. Um, really kind of grassroots movement for me. But yeah, this organic girl just turned five in January. So it's been a really fun ride. And, um, you know, I had no idea that it was going to be this five years ago. And it's been amazing because I was trying to think back of what year it was when we met. And I think it was probably either 2018 or 2019. Does that sound right? Well, we moved here in 2017. So I think it was probably the beginning of 2018 because I think I remember where I was living. Yeah. And it's amazing because at that point, I think it was just you. Like you were the brand, you were the business. And then thinking over just, you know, the last few years, I know now you have like an operations girl, you've got an editor, you've got this team uh, working with you, which is so cool that you had no idea this was really going to be kind of a full-time business, something that you could make money off of. It was just something you were passionate about based on your own experience with your son and just how many people's lives that you've touched over the last five years. I just, it's been fun really watching you from afar. Oh my gosh, thanks to you and the other entrepreneurs that I've met down here in Atlanta. I mean, it just really helps so much to be connected with other women who are kind of in the same space, um, trying to create their own thing, because it just pushes you in a different way that you wouldn't get pushed if you were just kind of in isolation. And I really love meeting with Lisa because I know we talk about the Enneagram a lot on this podcast, but I'm a seven. So like, I don't think about things twice. And Lisa, she's a one. So she makes really well-educated decisions, um, thinks them through very thoroughly. And so it's really interesting because ones go to seven when they're stressed and sevens turn into ones when they're stressed. And so 
we, I feel like, can really complement each other well um, because I need to sometimes be a little bit more of a perfectionist and make some better educated decisions. And I think sometimes, too, you may think about things a little bit too long before you make the plunge. Oh, my God, 100%. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, this is not – I got to go back and redo this. Do I want to press publish yet? You know, let me just – let me do the whole plan before taking step one. And I, I, I seriously talked to my husband about Kristen. I'll be like, oh, my God. She literally just rented this space and is like doing it. She's like sleeping over <laughs> at her new business like every night of the week. I'm like, I can't believe how she's doing this. She just went, jumped in head first. And um, it just, it's inspiring for me because it's, I, I mean, you're just 100% on the opposite end of the spectrum and it's inspiring. And it's, it's, I get energy from that because it's, it pushes me in a way that I'm like, feels so risky to me. But I see how successful you are and how what a beautiful business you've created. And I wish I could take take on some of what you what you have. Well, <laughs> just be a little bit more like 100% faithful and trusting. But I do. I think that you, when I look at, she has these now automated emails that go out. You're just so organized. You're so professional in everything that you do. And so I really, I think we're a good compliment. So I just, I love having her be my go-to resource for beauty, but also just as an entrepreneur and a support system for me. Um, and I wanted to talk, because back in your story, you started with the eczema, which you know, I do functional medicine, which is what I'm so passionate about because our skin is really, it's a outward appearance of what's happening internally. And so the conventional model, yes, the steroid cream can calm the inflammation, but it doesn't address what's happening on the inside. And so you mentioned like how frustrating it is that you had to do the digging and the resource and uh, research and figure out that dairy was one of the factors that influenced your son's eczema. And it is frustrating that we have to do that. But I think one of the things with the medical model, when you go through insurance and you have these quick, you know, they probably spent 15 minutes with you looking at the skin. They just don't have time to take a deep dive on what's happening internally. And I think that's where functional medicine is just, you know, so good at taking the time to look at the history. And Lisa, I know that she really believes in functional medicine as well, but I think it's just we do kind of have to be advocates and we have to do the the digging and figure out some potential root causes. And that's where I think it's so awesome to have resources like this organic girl out there to kind of bounce ideas off of or see what have you found through trial and error that's worked for your family. And we're going to talk a lot about clean beauty and clean living in this podcast and get to know some of her favorites because one of my uh, other favorite things about Lisa is she has had the opportunity to try so many different beauty products. So whenever Lisa tells me something is good, I just like go and purchase it immediately because it comes from a really uh, well-researched, well-trialed space. So why why do you think clean beauty and clean living really matters? Because I don't think it's something you don't notice right away. You know, unless you have eczema or unless you have these issues, you don't really notice the difference between using a toxic mascara or a clean mascara. If you have filtered water or not filtered water, you don't really notice those things right away unless it's a glaring symptom like eczema. So why do you think this kind of clean beauty and clean living matters today? Well, I think it ties in a little bit to your little by theme. So, you know, what people say is one of the most important things we can do to make an impact on our society and the space that we live in is to vote. And the same goes for the products that we buy. So we are consumers and we drive the market. We create the, we create the demand that then the companies create the supply for. And so if you go onto the shelf of Target and all of a sudden everybody's buying out well people makeup, well, well people now have to make more well people makeup. And if you're therefore not buying the conventional makeup, all of a sudden those brands go out of business, you know? So it's, it's two, it's twofold. So we, we drive the marketplace with our choices. And when we start using better products, you know, those products get washed off of our face. They get flushed down into our water systems. They affect the environment. I mean, it creates not only a more healthy body for yourself, but you're making decisions for your family. So you're creating a more healthy family and you're creating a more healthy planet. Um, but then also it's important because, um, you know, that the health impact in general 
I just think that we just need to be a little bit more, um, we need to be a little bit more aware of the decisions we're making. So like, I know for me, when I went to college, like I would just go into the store and be like, I need more toothpaste and I'd buy the Arm and Hammer or whatever my, my mom bought. That's what I would buy the Crest or whatever. Or, you know, I need more detergent. I would just buy Tide. Like whatever I had been exposed to, I would just buy the same things that I saw at home. But like when you pause and you actually look at the label and you um, see what you're bringing into your house, what you're putting back into the waterways, what we're exposing our children to, um, I started making different decisions. So it's, it's, it's a little bit more of big impact and it's a little bit more acute direct impact on our family's health as well. And I hope that answered the question. I feel like I went around in two circles there. <laughs> no, it's perfect. And I think that's a really interesting thing that we really drive the market because when you look at the FDA, they don't really regulate our beauty industry at all. And, you know, we can put false claims on bottles and um, marketing can really make us think that something is natural when it's not really natural. Um, So I do think that there is so much to us driving the market. And you look at like Europe and the EU and I'm kind of behind on the statistics now, but I know several years back when I was digging into this, the EU bans like over 1,500 ingredients from what they can put in beauty products, what they can put in um, detergents and things like that that have been known to be endocrine disruptors or cause hormone shifts or cancer-causing ingredients. And at the time, I think the FDA, we only had like 11 or 20 things that we uh, banned from being used in products. Has that are we still kind of in that same space or have you seen some improvements with the FDA and, and banning different ingredients? Are we still kind of there? We're still kind of there. Um, It's really a case of the Fox watching the hen house and you know, the onus is on the manufacturers and the onus is on the brands to ensure that their products are safe for consumers to use. And so therefore what happens is the onus is really on us as consumers to make sure what we're picking up off the shelf is something that we want to put in our body. And a lot of the times what we see on the shelves is sits there, you know, the companies, they want it to be able to sit there for a long time, right? So they need to add um, strong preservatives. They use a lot of um, fillers to kind of bulk up the product to drive the margins up. And a lot of it is like, I'm, t- I'm not talking about indie brands. I'm talking about big box brands. A lot of it is profit driven. And it's at the expense of the consumer. And so even if you turn over the label of kind of just any big box lotion, for example, you can look down and see a lot of it is just, you know, water, fillers, preservatives. But if you compare that to something that is kind of in the more clean space, you can turn over the label and you can see like butters, oils. You can see things that are directly going to benefit your skin, um, and it really is just such a, it's such a, it's, I hate to come at the, at, at the space with skepticism, but it really is, comes down to profit a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just putting money back in people's pockets and you, in whose money do you want to put, I mean, whose pocket do you want to put your money into? Um, but yeah, there's very little regulation in the United States and the regulation that does exist is pretty loose. Like for example, the fair trade Packaging and Trade Act, for example, um, regulates the term fragrance, which basically is there's no regulation at all on the term fragrance. And in that, so that's what I would call like a category ingredient, for example. So if you turn the label over and you see something that says essential oils, it's like, okay, well, which essential oil? Like that's not actually ingredients. That's just like a category of ingredients. If you see something that says surfactants, that's a category of ingredient of ingredients. Like I want to know actually what the ingredient is. So if you see something that says fragrance or perfume on the back, which happens all the time, we actually don't know what that ingredient is. And there's um, a body called the International Fragrance Association. And they actually in 2015 published a transparency list. They dole out ingredients to fragrance houses. And they had documented they had documented just shy of four thousand different components, chemical components that they had doled out to fragrance houses that year to be put into fragrances. And you know, out of these three thousand nine hundred and ninety nine ingredients, some of them are benign, like essential oils, for example, but some of them are not, like sterine, which has been um, 
which has been labeled as like a potential carcinogen to humans. And so that's just really the problem right there is the transparency. And so people talk about, this is kind of going on a tangent, but people talk about clean beauty. And the reason why kind of clean beauty is so elusive is there's really no governing body to determine what clean beauty is. You know, I remember the first time I went into Whole Foods and picked up a lotion and saw something that I didn't like in there. And I was like appalled. I was like, oh my God, how can this be possible? And the girl who worked in the store was just like, well, it's kind of like a personal decision. Like you decide what's what you want to put in your body. Like you decide if you want to buy that or not. And I was just like, oh my God. So <laughs> like, it's up to me, you know? Um, and so then when people say, oh, this uh, that's why you'll hear some people say, oh, this is clean. And then other people say, oh no, that's not clean. Because it's just no rules around it. It's really, it's very left up to interpretation and what one person considers clean, another person considers not clean enough. Um, and so there's just, that's, it, that's why it just kind of, if you feel confused, that's why you feel confused. Which is so scary and so sad that like we have to be advocates for our own health and we have to do the research and that it's not more clear. And I, I was listening to something recently that said, you know, now we all have heard kind of parabens and phthalates are bad for us. So what these manufacturers are doing is slightly shifting the chemical makeup of parabens and phthalates. So they can call it something else on labels. So for us now that are starting to pick it up and be like, okay, we know we need to avoid parabens. It could be under a totally different name, but it is almost the exact chemistry of parabens that has just been slightly altered so that they can say paraben free. Mm -hmm. And that is just so, it's so scary and so sad to me. And it can be so daunting for us, you know, when we're trying to transition to green living, like, okay, well, how do we do it on our own? And that's why it's so awesome to have people like this organic girl and your whole platform you've built as a resource. Um, and so kind of breaking it down a little bit, because I know it is it is really daunting. Um, if our listeners, if they're kind of wanting to get into clean beauty and clean living, what are like the top five products that you recommend making the switch first? If it, you know, we can't throw out every single thing in our house and we want to just kind of start where, what are the five most important products and, and why? Totally. So I'm going to, um, I know you just said top five products in clean beauty, which I can totally address that, but I want to back it up and just say, you know, it, it can be expensive to like, okay, start realizing that now you want to switch out everything that you're buying pretty much. And I would say to maintain focus and maintain perspective, really one of the most important things that you can do and switch out first is get your drinking water on point. I mean, Drinking water is huge. You can, they have um, drinking water databases, like tap water databases. I don't know if you've tried those before, but there's one that the environmental working group has. And then there's another one that Berkey has, I think as well, but you can type in your zip code and it will populate the contaminants found in your local drinking water. And so like I, I put in my zip code here in Atlanta and it had populated seven carcinogens and eight additional contaminants. And when you think about the human body, I mean, it's like on average 70% water. And so when water is our life source, and so when we're constantly refueling our body, it's funny, my husband, when he goes to work out, he always says he's going to get an oil change because he like sweats out all of his water and then drinks a bunch of new water. It's like <laughs> one of our inside jokes. <laughs> um, but like you, you think about giving yourself an oil change and it's like, you want to make sure you're putting in really clean water. And so um, I would say that would be like, that's where you're going to get your biggest impact. Um, second would be food. Just like looking at buying and eating clean, um, you know, pesticide free food. And then third, you know, your environment, the air that you're breathing, the, the products that you're putting on your skin, um, and the, the things that you're exposing your body to. So in Clean Beauty, um, I always recommend starting with the things that you use most often and most frequently, and that take up kind of like the most body space. So like body lotion, if you're somebody who uses body lotion daily, that would be a good one to start with. If you're somebody that wears foundation every day, that would be a good one to start with. Um, perfume, for sure. Uh, is something that stays on your body all day long. I mean, you can smell people's perfumes when you walk past them. Like that is something that you would be breathing in all day long. Um, you know, lip balm, deodorant, those are all kind of things that stay on your body that kind of take up maybe a little bit more residency and ha can, can maybe have like a bigger impact to switch out first. 
But like, that's different for everybody. Um, you know, for a man, for example, it would maybe be, um, like, I don't, honestly, my husband's such a minimalist. He like uses nothing. He just started using a face oil this, this year. So it would be like his face oil and, um, like his shampoo, but he like doesn't use much else. So, yeah, I would say like the big thing is like, don't, don't get, I don't lose perspective. Right. So it's like, you can go down the rabbit hole of like, Oh my gosh, is this lipstick clean or is it not? But like, really, if you're only wearing the lipstick once a month, it doesn't really matter. It's like change the things out that you're doing every day. Like you're probably hopefully drinking 85 ounces of water a day. That's going to make such a way bigger impact than the lipstick that you wear once a month or not even at all right now because nobody's wearing lipstick with masks. Yes. Well, I think that's, you know, the little by little, little becomes a lot. So these small changes that you make over time are going to make a huge difference. So I completely agree with the water, but I do have a question for you regarding that because I know we obviously drink water. Um, We're 60% water. So the water we drink is so important. But I also think that the water that we shower in, because you shower frequently and our skin being the largest organ, we absorb a lot of the uh, toxins from the tap water through our shower. Is this something like, have you made your whole house filtered? Do you think about your shower? Do you have like an attachment on your shower to filter the water coming out? Like how, how do you think about both the water you're drinking and the water that you're using just in your daily routine? Yeah. Um, well, I'm at a place in my life where we're, where we're in transition because we had just bought a house. So I'm still kind of like going through everything, but I have used water filters before in my shower and they do make a, I can actually feel the difference when I use a filter on my shower. Cause now it's filtering out, you know, chlorine, um, uh, prescription drugs, you know, stuff like that, that gets into our water systems that, um, you know, necessarily we don't really want washing over our skin. Um, but my hair feels softer and my skin has felt softer after using a water, a shower filter, but they also have like bath filters for if you're filling the tub for your kids. There's also um, outdoor hose filters. If you're going to be watering your garden, um, the filter I use in, in my house for our drinking water is Berkey, which I love. It like basically filters out anything you can think of. Um, but like my my dream come true and what I just hope to get someday would be a whole house filter, which would just essentially filter all the water coming into your house so you wouldn't have to have all these like add-on filters all over. And that's quite an investment, right? I've heard, you know, anywhere from quotes from like 5000 to $10,000. Yeah. And they have a bunch of different kinds too. So it's like one of those projects that like I would have to sit down and start researching. It's like the, da- it's so daunting that I'm like, okay, I keep pushing, putting it off, but I'm like, that would be like, oh my gosh, that's where, I, that, would, that would be the best. Well, I've heard from some of my patients that have like dandruff or dry scalps, dry hair, that when they started using shower filters, just like you said, they noticed a huge improvement in their skin, the dryness of their skin and their scalp. And it's just so crazy because some of these things, you just don't think it really matters. Like, does I take a quick shower? Like, does that water quality really make a difference in my overall health? And, you know, clearly the answer is yes. Um, So, you know, those five products you talked about, like definitely the water that we put in our body and on our body, the food that we're consuming, and some of the beauty or skin products that we use on a regular basis. Is there any tools that you use or that you recommend using? Because I just know it's so hard to know all these ingredients. Like I look at labels, you know, I've been in the space for quite a while with functional medicine and, and opened up to this space of green living. And it's still overwhelming to me. Like I know I have a three and a half month old at home. And I just remember, I like, I know nothing about baby items. And it was so overwhelming to figure out like, okay, what diaper balm do I use? What lotion do I use? And it's, it's very overwhelming. So what are some of your favorite tools or what are some things that you've used to kind of navigate this clean living space? I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, tips that I have because, because it's so multifaceted, right? So the biggest, the biggest thing for me is transparency. Like I want to, if I'm shopping in Target, for example, I want to pick up a bottle and I want to see in a full ingredient list. I want to see um, truthful language like this. There's some word there's some words that brands use like for example the word natural is unregulated or the word um like people can use like organic people could use natural people could use non-toxic but like they're unregulated terms um and so like if i see natural on the front then i turn it over and i see like non-natural ingredients i'm just like well that's a lie you know so i want to see transparency 
Um, and that's more of like sometimes going to a website and kind of seeing how they, it's like a bigger research picture. Like I understand this is not easy tips on the fly, but like when you're kind of vetting a, a company, that's like one of the biggest things I look for because the thing is too, like, okay, let me just jump to this. Like the other thing, okay, on the fly, I feel like would be more helpful. The thing you can look for is like third party vetting. And so that would be like a certification of some sort where you're talking about the USDA certification or you're talking about Cosmos Natural or EcoCert or EWG verified. If you see some sort of certification like that on the product, it just means that that company has brought it to a third party that they've looked over the ingredients and that they have said those ingredients are deemed, you know, to meet their certification. And those are all like more better beauty, safer beauty certifications. Made safe is another one. Um, and so that's just nice because you know it's not, again, the fox watching the hen house. They've gone out of their way to have somebody else look at it and put their seal of approval on it. Now, the thing is, all of those types of certifications that I just mentioned all have different principles. So, for example, EcoCert out of France um, does not allow some preservatives that, for example, EWG here in the United States does allow. So that's, again, why it's just it's just become so interpretive of each person going and deciding what's okay for them to use. And the other thing that we can't really tell from the label is like percentages. And so, for example, there's one preservative called spinoxyethanol, and it's a controversial um, preservative in clean beauty. It's allowed in the EU up to 1%, but it's unregulated in the United States. So if you see it, Anoxyethanol on a label in the United States, we have no idea what percentage it's been used in. And in higher percentages, it's been shown to be a neurotoxin, but under 1%, it hasn't. And so there's just so many questions from a label that, that like a label can't tell us, right? So what I tend to look for is, are there any organic ingredients in here? But then again, <laughs> or the certified organic um certification only applies to agriculture. It doesn't apply to, for example, um, any sort of like green science ingredients. And so even that can be misleading as well, because really sometimes like our skincare isn't, especially makeup is not going to be like mica, for example, you can't certify, have certified organic mica. It's not agriculture. So it's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. So I look for hopefully some, if some ingredients are certified organic, then I see that this company is potentially sourcing mindfully. And then um, I just look for like, are there any third party certifications? Um, and then I just run through a quick list in my head. If I see fragrance, I put it back right away. If I see um, something like, like PEG is in a lot of, it's called pegs. It's in a lot of skincare and, in, in beauty and there's a potential co contamination concern there with 1,4-dioxane. I don't want to lose anyone, but that's a known carcinogen. And it's now by law being removed from states like New York City, uh, like New York, for example. Um, so yeah, but it's okay. So let, to wrap that whole thing up, <laughs> to go into the store and pick up a label real quick, I would say look for a third party certification and if it has fragrance in it, I would put it back. Like those two things would be kind of like a quick one-two punch to see if that would be a product you would want to use or not. You may, I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but Environmental Working Group, when you search for a product, it gives a score of like zero to 10. And mm -hmm. so for me, I always try to choose things that are in the green, uh, which I think is like a one or a two. When the beauty products have like that a, a stamp that it's EWG verified. Are those green products or are they like under five? Do you, I don't know if you know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I really, yeah, I really don't know. Um, and like, in like, a, like the, the certifications are like a good sort of place to start. You know, like people sometimes use like the Think Dirty app or the EWG certified verification. Those are great places to start. But then once you start kind of like digging into the ingredients, you might think, you know, maybe I don't want to use, um, you know, some people are allergic to, allergic to certain essential oils or some people, you know, I know for me personally, if I use phenoxyethanol, it gives me like a sty in my eye. Like I use it if it's in my mascara, for example. And so like once you start getting into it, you can, you'll make your own decisions. But um, 
I actually don't, I don't know what number that is. If they even have a cutoff there, I think they're just, everybody's, everybody's just sort of making a judgment call and it's just not black and white. And so for people that are really black and white thinkers, like for me, I kind of knee jerk love just to say like, oh, this is right, wrong. This is good, bad. This is it. This is not. But it's clean beauty is really so much in the gray area. And of course, when you're looking at a spectrum, there are things on way on this side that are definite no's. And there are things way on this side that are definite yeses. But there's like a lot in the middle left up to interpretation that's based on percentages, sourcing. I mean, for example, you could you can get I've talked to a company before that was sourcing their organic rosehip oil organic rosehip oil and they got their product tested and that was one of the ingredients in their formula and they got they got a result back that they had PFAS like plasticizers in their formula and they couldn't figure out where it came from and it was because the company was shipping the rosehip oil in plastic vats overseas and so it was sitting in plastic for a while and that was leaching into the formula which ended up testing positive for that after a while and so, like, you could even check every box off right, but there would still be <laughs> margin for error there. And um, so all we can really do is just try and make a best educated guess. Um, oh, and, and, like, really, it's not a guess. It's, like, best educated decision, to be honest. So the more I feel like sometimes the more you learn, the more <laughs> scary the world is. Have you had moments where you feel really, like, anxious about all these toxins as you've just learned more and more? Yeah, I feel like that feeling kind of ebbs and flows. But I think also with learning more, I feel more, I feel better about making decisions. So like when I first kind of got into that space where like, oh my gosh, everything is out to get me. Like everything is contaminating our lifestyle. Everything is kind of burdening our everyday toxic load. I went way on the other side of the pendulum and, you know, I, I stopped going out. I started making all of our meals. I started making the kids lotion. I'm like, honestly, one day I decided to make my own foundation and I was like putting cinnamon powder like on my face. <laughs> and I was just like, something needs to change. Like this is just so I'm like living like a recluse, like in my house, like refusing to go out. And that's because I had very little knowledge at that time. Right. I had one piece of knowledge that was informing my world, but now, five years later, I have a lot more of awareness and a lot more knowledge. And I'm okay with, like, going out to eat. I'm okay if the bus driver hands my kid a bag of Doritos on the way off the bus. Like, do I love that? No. Do I wish he would do it? No. Like, I, there's some things that I can control and there's some things I can't control. And I refuse to, like, live on lockdown. And so, like, when we're at home and we're eating dinner, it's a dinner that we've prepped ourselves that I've like sourced our own meat that I've sourced our own vegetables. It's like when I'm putting lotion on my son's face in doing the gel in his hair to get ready to go to school, like I've made great decisions about all of those things. And that's all I can, that's what I know that I can control. And I need to be happy with that because I want to live in the positive. Like if you think glass half full, glass half empty, like I don't want to look at it from the glass half empty side and just be in constant paranoia or like nervousness or like, uh, I mean, that's just not a healthy way to live. And so I just want to live kind of, if you will, the little by method and just know that I did something today with the best that I have available for my family to help, to help us kind of like lessen that everyday toxic load. And like, you're never going to be get a, able to get away from it. Like you go into a public restroom and you're like sitting on the toilet and you hear that air freshener like, rang, rang. and then you're like, okay, <laughs> well, there's a, dose. there's a dose of something that I didn't really want. I mean, you just, it's impossible to escape it all. And I think you just, it's kind of like what I talk about with diet, you know, 80% of the time I want you eating whole foods, but nobody can hundred percent of the time eat clean and you'll just drive yourself insane trying to achieve that. So I really like what you're saying about the things that you can control, the things that you use on a re uh, regular basis, you know, starting with our water system, like change those where we have control, but also understand that our body is really remarkable at detoxing. And so these toxins that we do get exposed to on occasion our body is going to be able to break that down. Our body is going to be able to detox and eliminate that. And, you know, I know the whole 
liver and the gut and the whole detoxification pathway is a conversation for another day. But we were designed to be able to detox these toxins. And it's kind of, it's, I always think of it as the bucket. Like if you have a few toxins in there, it's not going to overfill. But if you have a super toxic lifestyle, these little things that you get exposed to are going to overfill that bucket. And so I think it's it's really important to control the things we can and and still enjoy life um, and still have you know a quality of life and so as we're talking about quality of life, um, I wanted to kind of just briefly touch on wine because I know Lisa and I get together for wine nights and I always get so excited for what wine you bring because it's always organic and sustainably sourced. Um, and I know this is just a random side note, but how how do you uh, purchase good quality wine and have you felt a difference in the wine when you drink organic versus not? Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is a huge conversation too, but if anybody's interested in diving more into this conversation, you can head on my website and search wine and I have a wine buying guide and that'll kind of give you questions to ask when you're going out to dinner, questions to ask when you're buying from your local purveyor. Um, but I 100% love ordering from, a company called Dry Farm Wines and uh, Dry Farms Wine. And um, the, I just remember, I'll never forget, the first time I tried one of their wines, I was like, oh my God, this tastes so good and so different. And the next day I felt different too because conventional wine can have something up to 73, I've read in one place, or 76, I've read in another place, different additives. And those additives can be things like mega purple, which by the way is like a colorant to make wine look a darker color purple, you know, like a darker deep red. Um, And so that would be added in after the fact. Um, But then also it can be contaminated with glyphosate too, which is being sprayed all over the place. But with, with organic and natural wines, those ones ideally have no additives at all. So you take those 76 additives off the table and you just have wine that's natural, quote unquote, but like a lot of those times, those natural wines will also be fermented with um, regional yeast, like non-GMO yeast, but it's also local and regional too. Um, and they have some fun preserving method as, as well, instead of adding sulfites, some wines that I've tasted add like a tiniest bit of carbonation, like in your red wine. It's super cool, like the way the um, wine world is evolving. But the other cool thing too is like less, alcohol as well so like a lot of the wines that are natural have like 11.5 or 12.5 which is what dry farms wine sends out and they're just you've tasted it Kristen it's like so good um but there's some like one of the things um that I do when I go out is usually like domestic wines are usually not natural wines if you when you're on a menu if you're out at like a fancy restaurant or any restaurant really so one of the tips that I always talk about is order something internationally as a priority and then if there's multiple international options I like to um, recommend something from France because they just have natural growing regions where you don't have to irrigate the grapes and you don't have to spray the grapes and you don't really have to do much because the grapes just grow a lot easier in those regions so that's one of them and then also um, not Argentina which is what I want to say it's the other a country Chile oh. Australia <laughs> um no it's uh oh we'll put it in the show notes I love the uh, yeah. uh, the guessing game. I'm like, Australia? Chile? <laughs> well, I know this became very clear to me when I was in Spain because I was drinking just like regular wine that wasn't noted as organic or sustainable. And I was telling my husband, I was like, man, I feel like, and you know, this is not great, but we were drinking wine kind of all day with every meal. And it's very, you know, wine is huge in the Spanish culture. But I never felt bad, like ever. Like I never had that sugar headache or any appetite changes or just kind of waking up feeling a little sluggish. Like I I almost felt as good as if I were drinking wine, uh, I mean water, uh, because their wine just, it felt the quality was so much better. And so mm-hmm. that I think is huge. And this also leads me to kind of a selfish question for you because I recently did a test at Stat Wellness and it's a toxic burden test through my urine. And I just got the results back and I've been really pretty upset. And so I talked to the company and they, they're trying to calm me down um, because my urine came back and it had really pretty high levels of BPA and glyphosates in my urine and I'm nursing and I have a three and a half month old and 
I was really like heartbroken because I'm like, man, I I buy mostly organic. You know, I'm not 100%. I avoid plastics. I, um, you know, do organic coffee, like all these different things that I do to try to have this greener lifestyle. And I still have all this glyphosate and BPA in my urine. And so I kind of spiraled a little bit out of control. And my husband was telling me, he was like, Kristen, everything that you're doing is so much better than our parents did. Like Emery, my daughter, she's going to be okay. Like the benefit of nursing is far more important than not nursing. Like he's having to talk me down. Um, so kind of just selfishly talking to you, do you have any thoughts on some hidden sources of where I may be getting this BPA or glyphosates? Mm, I know it's like you take all those measures and it's still there. It's so frustrating. Um, but that's like back to the point where I'm like, it's really hard to control it all. So it's like, we'll never be able to do that. So we have to just do the best that we can. But yeah, BPA is a sneaky one. Um, one of the most like shocking places that um i've heard that it's found is in receipts so like if you're going to whole foods and buying all organic food and then you grab the receipt then bpa transfers to your hands it's it's really like all receipts have like (laughs) bpa on them which was like crazy to me um it's also like in online um like make sure your water bottle if you're like yeah i'm using a reusable water bottle like i'm not using plastic water bottles well, some of some if you think you might have a stainless steel, but some of them are, might be aluminum water bottles instead, and those have BPA in them. And then also some like aluminum water bottles or even stainless steel water bottles can be lined in plastic, so you don't want like any of that lining in it. Um, BPA is also like in safety equipment, medical devices, which I'm sure you're around. Obviously, medical devices mm. often can canned food, but like you know you'll you'll see BPA free canned food. But like you said, how they swap out because like now they know people don't want BPA. Well, then I guess what it's like BP something else, you know, that that can still show up in your body the same way. So um, I like for like the, instead of the canned beans, you know, how like at Whole Foods they have the box beans. I always try and like do that instead. Although maybe that box is lined. I need to look at that. Um, <laughs> That's and a great tip even, like I know even some of like the dental, like if you've had dental work done, like the sealants um, can sometimes have BPA in them as well. So it's really just like, do you, have you had any dental work like that when you were little? I did. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too, cause I was looking, the BPA half-life seems like it's pretty quick. Like it gets in and out of your system. And I went to eat, uh, I went out to eat the night before I did my urine test and I, I wonder if it was just even touching some of the receipts and then like touching my face and having it all over my hands. Because um, if those are a really high source, I wonder, I need to redo this test because I do, I feel a little discouraged and I'm trying to stay optimistic and be like, okay, I know that these changes I am making is making a difference. And I do wonder, because I don't always drink organic wine, like if I'm out to eat and I know glyphosate is probably really high in wine, I would imagine. It can be. Yeah. I mean, they do have that, um, I mean, it's really high in everything. I was I working with this one company last year or the year before called Zigo Foods. I was telling you about their protein, their one ingredient protein the other day that I love. But they were telling me that their um, one of their blends or one of their bars was registering high for glyphosate. And they couldn't figure out what it was and come to find out it was actually in their organic cinnamon that they were sourcing. Organic. Interesting. C- certified organic cinnamon. And it was like, it was like 10 times higher than the normal amount of glyphosate that you would normally see in like any kind of, you know, food. It was like a super, it was like so high. So I just think like a glyphosate is one of, glyphosate is one of those things that are very like uncontrollable. I mean, you have these farms that are obviously spraying it because they have, you know, GMO crops, but it's like now that gets into the air and the air carries it and it lands wherever it wants to land. Mm-hmm. It's like we can't control that. And so it's getting into foods where it shouldn't be. They do have one um, certification, I'm sure, would, that you've seen, the glyphosate-free one. Um, and that'll be like on some cereals and nuts. And I've seen it um, like on oatmeal and, and stuff like that. But again, it's like a, it's another third-party certification that costs money. Like a lot of brands won't opt for that just because it's an added expense. I wish it was more ubiquitous. Like I wish it was every, you know, like the non-GMO product project that one's awesome because i feel like it's on so many things i wish the the glyphosate one was on so many things as well it's just not as prolific as it 
as I wish it was. Mm-hmm. But there is that one tool that you can use. Well, and I wonder, you know, because you look at the research and it's like these things, they they really are dangerous when they're high. Like I was looking at correlations with Alzheimer's and type 2 diabetes and autoimmune disease. And I mean, I, I went down a deep spiral. I even was looking at ways that you can test everything for BPAs at your house. I don't know if you've seen those BPA testers. No, um, yeah. So you can actually test like your water. Cause I was thinking, I was like, you know, I buy organic coffee and I use a Jura. My, my husband says, I always pronounce that wrong, um, with organic coffee and it, the plastic within there is BPA free. And so I'm like, you know, is it something that I'm getting on? It has to be something I'm getting on a regular basis. So I'm like, I'm going to get this BPA tracker and I'm going to start testing everything that I'm using. So I'm really, I think right now I'm going to focus on optimizing my detox pathways and retesting um, my urine and and hopefully calming down a bit from this this new discovery I found. But it's really, it's kind of crazy, this toxic burden profile test, um, because it shows so many different toxins that we're exposed to on a regular basis. It looks for parabens and phthalates and BPA and glyphosates and puts it into a real number based on your urine levels of what you're excreting from your own body. Um, so I, I feel like I want to get that. You may want to or you may not because you might, you might yeah. get into the, the place I am. I'm like, oh, and I'm just like sitting here just like feeling so bad for Emery every time I nurse now. I'm like, oh, my gosh, is this BPA going into her brain? So anyway, I'm going to take a lot of the lessons that you've taught me today of controlling the things I can and um, looking at doing the organic wine when I do drink wine and really making sure my water sources are really clean. Um, I think I need to get a Berkey for the office because we have this uh, inexpensive filter and I just don't think it's cutting it. So I think I need to invest in a Berkey for the office. Um, But kind of thinking about something more positive, because I know our time is uh, wrapping up, but anybody that knows you and sees you on Instagram knows that you have literally the most beautiful skin ever. And I know because I asked you like on the down low when we're having wine. I'm like, okay, Lisa, tell me the truth. Like, do you do Botox? Do you do all this stuff? Um, Because we were looking at pictures of you at your wedding. And we were looking at pictures of you currently. And your skin looks better today than it did even when you got married. And, um, you know, unless Lisa has a deep, dark secret, Lisa was like, no, I can't be doing Botox. I'm the green. I'm this organic girl. Like, I can't be um, injecting myself with neurotoxins. So I found that really amazing because I know a lot of people in the green space still use Botox to kind of help with the aging process. So I'm just so curious, um, what does your morning and your nighttime skin routine look like? Yeah, um, you know, it, there was like that um, hashtag that went around a couple of months ago. It was like the 10 year hashtag 10 year challenge or something like that. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. I would have never seen the difference in my skin if I didn't participate that. But I did take a picture from my wedding day and a picture now. And I was like, this is some Benjamin Button stuff right here. (laughs) What is going on? But I think the biggest thing that the biggest contributor is just the oils. Like when you start getting into kind of better beauty and looking at ingredients and kind of just getting into what each ingredient can deliver to your skin, oils are where it's at. And so I actually clean my face with oil, which sounds I mean, if I'm going to tap into myself, my old self, I'm like, that sounds gross. I would never do that. But it really works well. And, w- and the hugest benefit is when you're cleaning your skin with anything that's foaming or anything that's um, like a bar soap, that's actually stripping your skin of its not essential oils that you buy off the shelf, but your skin's essential oils, like the oils that it needs to keep your skin supple and hydrated and moisturized. And when you take those oils off, now you have to replace them, but they're never going to be as good as the oils that your own skin produces for yourself. So when you're, when you cleanse with an oil, you put oil on your face, you massage in like a circular motion, and you actually can use that to take off makeup um, as like a first cleanse. And then you would like kind of warm a cloth, take off that first oil layer, and then do it again to clean your skin. And so that's how I cleanse my face at night. I do two rounds of oil cleansing. And then I also moisturize with an oil and which sounds so counterproductive because I know a lot of people are just like ew my I have oily skin or I have a combination skin or I have like oily t-zone like I could never put more oil on my face but actually what that does is regulates your oil production and your sebum production and it can add so much more balance to your skin so now your skin isn't overproducing like if you're taking all the oils off your face your skin kicks it up in overdrive and tries to make more oils to, oil to compensate. But if you're giving the oils back to your skin, it's just like, oh, okay, let's do this. And all of a sudden your skin is 
glowy, lifelike, you know, alive looking rather than just kind of like raging, trying to figure out how to rebalance itself. I also really love, go ahead. I was wondering, is there a specific oil like jojoba oil or um, that you, that you found has worked that worked the best for cleansing your skin, or is it really just like any organic oil could work? Yeah. Jojoba oil is like awesome ingredient. It's a, it's a beautiful cleanser. If you're looking for something like on the cheap, you can get a bottle of jojoba oil packaged in glass, organic certified organic from Amazon or and really anywhere for like eight bucks. So you can totally use that as a cleanser, you could use like, you could even use a beautiful olive oil as a cleanser. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything expensive, but once you start getting into beauty products, you do get some beautiful cleansers out there that have um, just like different textures and different scents. And some of them um, are like true oils that you have to take off with a washcloth. Other oils have um, an additive in there that's safe, that actually allows you to rinse the oil off with water. And so that's just a nice way too, because you can wash your face with oil and then just splash some water on it. And it's like, comes off, but your face is just still feels so, there's no tightness, there's no drying. It just feels like really good. I've been using some hemp oil recently. I don't know your thoughts on that, but it seems to be really good for my skin. Yeah, well, that's great. I mean, if it's working, stick with it. I've never actually tried straight hemp oil. So um, does it smell good? It smells a little like weed, but yeah, it, it smells good. Yeah. It's got an earthy smell to it. Um, okay, so you use the oil. What else do you do in your morning and nighttime routine? Yeah, I also love cleansing with with honey. Manuka honey is literally like nature's neosporin. It does so many different things. And, all, and if you're also thinking like, that sounds disgusting, I would never put honey on my face. Um, it can, it's like, it acts as like a light exfoliator. It can calm the skin. It's um, antimicrobial, you know, antiviral. It's so great for acne or like just taking the redness down. It is actually a natural humectant. So it draws in moisture to the face as well too. So you would just take some Manuka honey out of a jar. You could put it all over your face. You can leave it on, um, for like, you know, 20, 30 minutes as a mask, or you can just start rubbing it into your face as a cleanser. And then, um, again, take it off with a warm cloth and like, Oh my gosh, skin feels so good too. I think like just honestly, if you're just stepping into, let me try this different way of skincare, the best thing you can do is just take out any sort of foaming cleanser or like soap cleanser on your face. And is it true that anything that says like alcohol in it is going to be very drying? Do you stay away from all anything with alcohol? Yeah, well, again, I mean, that's a percentage, like as a, as a, as a general rule, I could say, yeah, like alcohol drying. But then once you get into some of the beautiful formulas, if they formulate it the right way, and it's a very tiny percentage that's acting as, you know, a stabilizer for something else, but it's too small of a percentage to actually dry your skin, then it would be okay. So I just, it's hard to say like a blanket note to any ingredient outside of like, usually fragrance is kind of like the one thing that you can kind of say blanket note to. Um, but yeah. Well, I have Manuka like, honey. Those, those, those like old school, like Noxzema pads or like astringent pads, like those are, those are pretty much out. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I have Manuka honey right now from New Zealand. That's like a really good Manuka honey and I have never used it on my face. So I'm going to be doing that tonight. I'm really excited. You've taught me about yeah, the right. oils. I use only oils now when I clean my face and I have noticed a difference. Um, but you guys need to follow this organic girl and look at, she's got so many free resources, blogs, ingredient list. I think, do you still have it when you sign up for your newsletter, you get your guide of like the yes and the no ingredients? Um, right now, it's actually, a, it's a better offer right now. It's actually um, what I call the big book of swaps. So it has a, over 100 swaps in every category, skincare, makeup, personal care at two different price price points. So it's like, for example, if you're looking for an exfoliator, it'll have my top budget pick and my top luxe pick. So you can like shop at a budget that works for you and you take all the thought out of the process and just know it's something that I've tried and loved. And it's like just a good jumping off point to like get you started without having to like dive into the research yourself. I've got to get that. I don't have that one yet. I'm telling you, you really are my go-to for everything. And I, I try not to abuse our friendship, but every once in a while, I'm like, okay, Lisa, tell me your favorite retin-A, like your natural retinol. Um, so you really, I try I try not to abuse it. Um, last- oh, it's a two-way street because you know I text you my, um, 
all my medical questions to my Christian. I need help, Dad. <laughs> well, we can just support one another. Um, and then my last two questions before we wrap, wrap up, I always like to end each episode with these. But what is one clean beauty myth you want to bust? Um, I think that we that I touched a little bit on it earlier. And it's just that, you know, anybody who's coming it's just, it's just really, it's the clean beauty isn't black and white. It's very gray. And so it's very uh, respectively depends on how you, how you personally use it, how often you use something. Like if you use a lipstick once a month, that's your favorite lipstick or your favorite perfume. Like I don't want people, the last thing I want people to come away from this conversation and be like scared, like AF, like, and just not leave the house like that is not what I want this conversation to be I just want it to be kind of like oh so there's some things that I need to pay attention to that's cool and so I don't if you have a favorite perfume that you love to wear wear it it's like if you want to wear that like once a month or like whatever four times a month no big deal like it's the things that you do every single day that are going to make a huge impact on your everyday toxic load or make a huge impact on your health the things that you do once in a while are not the things that are going to make an impact. And so give yourself permission to make killer choices around what you're putting in and on your body, but also give yourself the space to make killer choices about what you're putting in and on your body. If you know what I mean, like it doesn't have to be all one way or all another way. It just has to be you in the driver's seat. And it's like, if, if you're in the driver's seat and you're choosing this and it's something that I personally wouldn't choose, I have no business telling you not to do that. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what this conversation is. This conversation is like, I want to provide you the resources of what to consider and then I want you to decide on your own because I'm like, you do you and I'll do me. And like, I think once you know and once you have the tools to make a good decision, I think you'll end up making the right decision, right? Um, I, I know this is a very vague and like roundabout way to answer the question, but like you said, the more you know, the more you realize what you don't know. And there's so much to a specific formula, for example, that we can't identify by the label in terms of percentages, in terms of sourcing, in terms of you know the PFAS and the organic rosehip oil. A lot of it really boils down to looking at a company and trying to figure out if they're transparent or not. Like I, there's really just like so much trust that goes into it. Um, so don't try kind of like hard, hard to put down on paper sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think the big thing is don't try to know everything on your own. There's people like you that really do this full time. You try products, you get to know brands. So really pull from the resources that are out there. If this is something you're passionate about after hearing this conversation, follow this organic girl, sign up for her newsletters. I love the ones that go out weekly. Um, They're also not only about clean beauty. She sends me some things I should be doing for uh, Netflix shows and all sorts of fun things. So make sure you follow some people that specialize in this and don't feel like you've got to navigate the space all by yourself. That's why this organic girl exists and some of the other, you know, environmental working group, Think Dirty, uh, Made Safe, all of those organizations exist. And then last thing, I know you covered a lot, but if there is any last thing you want to let our listeners know that they can start doing today to become a cleaner version of themselves tomorrow, what would be your kind of last parting words before we wrap up today? Yeah, I would say if you want to walk into a store like a boss the next time you go in, just look for fragrance on the labels of everything that you're buying. And I would say maybe don't opt for those things. And so fragrance, like I had mentioned, is just a black box of ingredients. Like we really don't know what's in there. And some of them can be really bad for you. And And the problem is we just don't know what's in there. So some of them can be fine, but some of them can be bad. And so um, trying with the goal of, lessening that everyday toxic load. If you take fragrance out of the equation, you're doing like, oh my God, the X factor there can be like huge. And so, you know, fragrance can be found in things that are like trash bags, diapers, lotion, makeup, cleaning products, personal care products, you know, air freshener. I mean, everything. So once you start kind of like looking at fragrance, things that have fragrance and opting out of that, 
you're going to make a big impact on what on your your health and like the thing is when i say fragrance too i don't essential oils are okay so like sometimes a company will list fragrance and it's actually just essential oil and so that's a question that i get a lot too that's fine but what i'm talking about is like synthetic fragrance and i think once you start looking at it like candles you're just like oh my god it really isn't everything um so that's like a great place to start and I think that's very empowering to know that we can flip over boxes, labels, bottles, and look for that one word. And that's something that we can start doing today with every new purchase that we make. And we're also, like we said at the very beginning, we're kind of putting our energy into the products that hopefully can make change um, based on supply and demand. Like what you talked about at the beginning, like we are setting the marketplace. And so um, hopefully all of our listeners can feel empowered with that one decision that they can start doing today. So I think that's a great way to wrap up. And Lisa, I don't want to take any more of your time because we've already gone over that one hour that I promised you. But thank you so much for tuning in and joining um, our Little Buy podcast. Thank you for having me, Kristen. And anywhere else, is is it just at This Organic Girl and ThisOrganicGirl.com? Where can our listeners find you? Yep, it's This Organic Girl across all channels. Way to own that, Lisa. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. And as always, remember, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Even the smallest changes over time can lead to total mind and body transformation. I'd love for you to stay connected with at Dr. Kristen Oja and at Stat Wellness on Instagram. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. I'd love to hear from you.